Welcome to the November edition of BBRO Beatcast. I'm Francesca Broom, your host and Knowledge Exchange Manager for BBRO. October has seen a flurry of questions from growers regarding short-term clamps. So we're joined today by Dr. Simon Byrne to discuss this and why planning a clamp is important and how to manage the setup in order to avoid hot spots and sugar losses. So Simon, lovely to see you here for Beatcast's November issue. So uh, we're waiting for the fireworks to go, but hopefully not when we're talking about sugar beet itself. Uh, Last month, I had a lovely time with the field team when we looked at uh, one of the trials that were coming in and had a little discussion about harvest. And at the time, we were looking at the fuel crisis and obviously all the haulage issues. Now, the haulage issues are still there. So what are you advising growers to do that can't actually manage to get the beet off the field? I think that's a really good question chairs and it's something we do have to be mindful of that potentially this year because of the uh, lack of haulage it's potentially crops could sit around roadside longer than they normally do and for me that starts ringing a few alarm bells because as soon as the uh, beat comes out the ground it's like a ticking clock really you know it's still respiring Uh, so obviously when it's respiring it, it uses sugar. It's been quite warm, okay, of late it's cooled down a little bit, but it has been quite warm, which means that uh, sugar beet will be losing uh, sugar a little bit more quickly, certainly if it's still around 15, which it has been, as opposed to what it would be if it was below 10 or certainly below 5. So I think the, the watchword is, first of all, make sure there's really good kind of communication between the grower, the harvesting, and the haulage to avoid unnecessary delays, because If the crop isn't going to be picked up, it might be best left in the ground rather than harvested by the side of the road. But if it does get harvested, I think there's just some real basics to remember. What we've got to try and do is keep the airflow through that roadside heat to take away the heat, slow down respiration. So Simon, you just said about the temperatures and air temperature being at 15 degrees will actually increase the sugar losses. Does that actually transpose to the temperature in the soil as well? Well, obviously, the, the, the soil provides a little bit of a buffer, but generally, and uh, I have seen some temperature pros which are in the ground, it'll little be a little bit cooler, but it's still, still warmer than it is usually. So obviously, that beet will come out of the ground. It will then obviously go into a heat. If it's a nice sunny day, it will pick up, pick up that heat anyhow. But we also got to remember it's respiring as well. And that process, of re- that process of respiration generates heat, uh, also generates CO2. And what we need is to get that heat and the gas and CO2 out of the heat by making sure we've got airflow through it. So temperature is, is key. And obviously, it's been unseasonably warmer than we've been before. So there'll be a lot of residual heat in the ground, in the crop. When the beet comes out of the ground, they begin to respire, they generate heat. We need to move that away. So our whole strategy really should be to making sure we can keep that temporary red side heat as well ventilated as possible before it's picked up and got to the factory. So some key points, don't go too high, no more than two metres in a, in a temporary heat to obviously avoid heat building up towards the bottom and in the middle. Keep soil tear to an absolute minimum. There's a lot of heat in that soil. Obviously, the the, the heat will warm up as well. And the same applies to tops. So try and take as much of the top as you can out uh, on the harvester rather than putting a lot into the heat because it will 
trap. When you say about taking out a lot of the top, you still don't want to be scalped, though, do you? We, we need well, to make sure that we've still got a, a small half an inch worth of green canopy well, there, yes, don't we? There's, there's an element of green top coming in, in with, with the crop as well, it, it, but it can be taken out on the harvest. So we just need to try and remove as much of the top as possible. I think the other one is to uh, avoid too much root damage. Obviously, uh, a damaged root is going to respire more actively, and we know it can lose a lot more sugar, probably two to three times more sugar loss than an undamaged uh, root. So to make sure we're not doing too much damage, which is obviously kind of checking some of the basics on the uh, harvest to make sure there's not too much damage done at the share, or particularly turbines aren't being run too fast necessarily. Of course, there's a conflict there because they might have to be run necessary to get rid of the soil. So it's just fine balancing. Uh, and I think, you know, just monitoring and I think making sure there's really good uh, feedback from what's happening at the, the condition of the beta, the heap to the harvester driver. So try and have someone who can actually say, you know, that last load we've just taken in, there's a lot of soil in that. Is there anything you can do? It might be just part of the field, of course. So we talked about dirt. We talked about uh, too much green material, as less damage as possible. Avoid overscalping, obviously, because if we take too much of the top of the beet off, obviously we're losing a lot of sugar, but obviously we're going to lose even more there as well. And I think the last one I would say, if you're finding in areas of the field that there's bits of root rot, uh, rhizoctonia, uh, fusarium root rot, if you've got those areas, it's probably best to treat those separately to try not to store them as part of the main heap, store them to the side or in a separate area and deal with them separately because that process of uh, those root rots again can generate a lot of heat uh, and then you can lose a lot of sugar very quickly. So what sort of temperature do you actually want the middle of a heap to be? Well ideally I'd like it to be kind of around five degrees but you know you're really dependent on ambient temperatures to do that the cooler the better obviously at the other end we get we get nervous about frost but the cooler the better and there's a very clear relationship between sugar loss and temperature and i think between five and 15 it goes from something like less than one percent certainly maybe 0.05 percent sugar loss it can jump up to probably 0.3 percent so you know a two three time threefold difference so it has a big effect and that's per day isn't it that's percentage sugar loss today. And I think why it's a little bit more critical this year, Ches, is because obviously sugar levels are a little bit lower than they have been in the past. I think that's in part due to a dull summer. So we've, we're probably sitting with sugars in the 16s rather than 17s. So, you know, those movements when you're kind of sitting at maybe 16 and a half to 17, if you lose half a percent quite quickly, that gets a little bit more critical than if we had a starting point of a 17 or a 17 and a half. And if you think you're going to have to store for more than two, three weeks, would you look at sort of building a slightly different clamp? Yes, definitely. I think so. You know, if we get, if you know you're going to lift and it's going to sit there, certainly for more than two weeks, you really got to start thinking about the kind of straw bale, ideally with pallets underneath it, you know, with the pallet holes kind of running outwards so we can introduce some ventilation and then obviously making sure they're kind of nice and level, again, not going above two and a half metres high and keeping soil and tops to an absolute minimum and again the same applies you know avoiding root damage as well yeah, well we are quite lucky because this time of year we very rarely have a hard frost do we i certainly don't want to talk one up as i do remember back in uh, i think it was november 2010 when we had a very severe 
frost, didn't we? But um, it's worth growers just keeping an eye on those air temperatures. Yeah. And if necessary, would you recommend fleecing or do you think we don't need to worry about that? Don't think we need to worry about that just yet. But one thing we have learned in a couple of years, our weather can do unpredictable things. So I think it's absolutely worth keeping a half an eye on the weather just in case we a cold snap is, uh, is forecast uh, and we need to think about uh, fleecing up the covers. I think the other thing to bear in mind, Chez, a lot of people will have uh, mouse clamps as well. And I think one of the kind of things to think about there is, you know, obviously the site and selection, but make sure we don't kind of get too much rutting underneath the mouse clamp, you know, so we're making sure it's quite level. And obviously when we get very messy and rutted, it's quite difficult to manage. So we impede airflow as well. So I think that's important, just keeping that nice. And of course, other simple things like don't push beet up the face of it because it does so much damage. Uh, not that you're causing root damage, you begin to smear a lot of beet as well. So, you know, just try and keep treat, treat them really gently. And obviously, if they've got a, a very unlevel ground, they're going to lose a lot of beet when they go to lift them. So it's in everyone's benefit to have a nice flat surface to start with. Yeah, certain, certainly do. And we've all seen the messes behind a kind of uh, a clamp, which has not been on level ground, particularly when it gets wet and it has got wet now. So choosing that site for your mouse clamp is quite key. Obviously, it's dictated the proximity to road and loading, but try and do your best to give yourself half a chance of keeping that beat in a reasonable condition. Though we talked about clamps, we really still need to push for just-in-time delivery, don't we? So if you've got the opportunity of getting your beat in, then it's always best to just get at the factory as quick as possible. Yeah, keep that communication going. Obviously, before the harvester goes in the field, know what's likely going to happen. Is it going to have to sit around for a while? I've just driven along the A47 near Kings Lynn today and there's a very large heat there. Many other growers who use that road might have seen it's been there for at least two weeks now. So, you know, I think avoiding that kind of thing will help. So make sure that we're getting joined up across the, the supply chain and trying to get crops into factories as quickly as possible. And if you know there's going to be a delay, rather accept it, maybe say, well, actually, a crop might be better off in the ground. It's a difficult call and it will depend on the soil type, but actually, Actually, you know, if the crop seal is in good condition, the crop's nice and green, it's probably best off there. A, it will keep growing, help dry the soil out and maintain its sugar levels. So sometimes the crop might be better off in, in the ground rather than sitting in a heap. Yeah, and if any growers are struggling to get the beet out, then it's actually worth them looking right back to drilling time and making sure that they started in the right way. And I am pleased to say that we have just this month released the drilling maintenance and seedbed preparation booklet so that's available and i think i'd encourage all growers to look at their drill maintenance um, and take the time now to look at seedbed prep because it will save them an awful lot of time next harvest won't it we say it every year a level seedbed and a nice uniform plant population has big impacts on harvesting, doesn't it? And often they're separated by a year, aren't they? In some yeah. cases, yeah. you know, for the later lasted crops, and we forget, but, you know, it really does make the difference. And we do live the legacy of that work at that time, don't we? Yeah, a little bit of forethought goes a long way. So thank you ever so much, Simon. Nice to catch up with you. And hopefully we'll speak to you again before Christmas. You can read more about clamping in the BBRO reference book from 2019 or if you watch our YouTube video, we've got something on on-farm hygiene and short-term storage that was released last winter. 
And the drilling maintenance and seed preparation booklet we mentioned is available for you to download from the BBR website under publications. Thank you very much for listening.